Chapter Eleven of the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Chapter Eleven. Come in, says the woman, and I did. She says, Take a cheer. I done it she looked me all over with her little shiny eyes and says what might your name be sarah williams whereabouts do you live in this neighborhood noam in hookerville seven miles below i've walked all the way and i'm all tired out hungry too i reckon i'll find you something noam i ain't hungry i was so hungry i had to stop two miles below here at a farm so i ain't hungry no more it's what makes me so late my mother's down sick and out of money and everything and i come to tell my uncle abner moore he lives at the upper end of the town she says i hain't ever been there before do you know him no but i don't know everybody yet i haven't lived here quite two weeks it's a considerable ways to the upper end of the town you better stay here all night take off your bonnet no i says i'll rest a while i reckon and go on i ain't afeard of the dark she said she wouldn't let me go by myself but her husband would be in by and by maybe in an hour and a half and she'd send him along with me then she got to talking about her husband and about her relations up the river and her relations down the river and about how much better off they used to was and how they didn't know but they'd made a mistake coming to our town instead of letting well alone and so on and so on till i was afeard i had made a mistake coming to her to find out what was going on in the town but by and by she dropped on to pap and the murder and then i was pretty willing to let her clatter right along she told about me and tom sawyer finding the six thousand dollars only she got it ten and all about pap and what a hard lot he was and what a hard lot i was and at last she got down to where i was murdered i says who done it we've heard considerable about these goings-on down in hookerville but we don't know who twas that killed huck finn well i reckon there's a right smart chance of people here that'd like to know who killed him some think old finn done it himself no is that so most everybody thought it at first he'll never know how nigh he come to getting lynched but before night they changed around and judged it was done by a runaway nigger named jim why he i stopped i reckoned i better keep still she run on and never noticed i had put in at all the nigger run off the very night huck finn was killed so there's a reward out for him three hundred dollars and there's a reward out for old finn too two hundred dollars you see he come to town the morning after the murder and told about it and was out with em on the ferry-boat hunt and right away after he up and left before night they wanted to lynch him but he was gone you see well next day they found out the nigger was gone they found out he hadn't been seen since ten o'clock the night the murder was done 
so then they put it on him you see and while they was full of it next day back comes old finn and went boohooing to judge thatcher to get money to hunt for the nigger all over illinois with the judge gave him some and that evening he got drunk and was around till after midnight with a couple of mighty hard-looking strangers and then went off with them well he hain't come back since and they ain't lookin for him back till this thing blows over a little for people thinks now that he killed his boy and fixed things so folks would think robbers done it and then he'd get huck's money without having to bother a long time with a lawsuit people do say he weren't any too good to do it oh he's sly i reckon if he don't come back for a year he'll be all right you can't prove anything on him you know everything will be quieted down then and he'll walk in huck's money as easy as nothing yes i reckon so ma'am i don't see nothin in the way of it has everybody quit thinkin the nigger done it oh no not everybody a good many thinks he done it but they'll get the nigger pretty soon now and maybe they can scare it out of him why are they after him yet well you're innocent ain't you does three hundred dollars lay around every day for people to pick up some folks think the nigger ain't far from here i'm one of them but i hain't talked it around a few days ago i was talking with an old couple that lives next door in the log shanty and they happened to say hardly anybody ever goes to that island over yonder that they call jackson's island don't anybody live there says i no nobody says they i didn't say any more but i done some thinking i was pretty near certain i'd seen smoke over there about the head of the island a day or two before that so i says to myself like as not that nigger's hiding over there anyway says i it's worth the trouble to give the place a hunt i hain't seen any smoke since so i reckon maybe he's gone if it was him my husband's going over to see him and another man he was gone up the river but he got back to-day and i told him as soon as he got here two hours ago i had got so uneasy i couldn't set still i had to do something with my hands so i took up a needle off the table and went to threading it my hand shook and i was making a bad job of it when the woman stopped talking i looked up and she was looking at me pretty curious and smiling a little i put down the needle and thread and led on to be interested and i was too and says three hundred dollars is a power of money i wish my mother could get it is your husband going over there to-night oh yes he went up town with the man i was telling you of to get a boat and see if they could borrow another gun they'll go over after midnight couldn't they see better if they was to wait till daytime yes and couldn't the nigger see better too after midnight he'll likely be asleep and they can slip around through the woods and hunt up his campfire all the better for the dark if he's got one i didn't think of that the woman kept looking at me pretty curious and i didn't feel a bit comfortable pretty soon she says what did you say your name was honey 
mary williams somehow it didn't seem to me that i had said it was mary before so i didn't look up seemed to me i said it was sarah so i felt sort of cornered and was afeard maybe i was looking it too i wished the woman would say something more the longer she sat still the uneasier i was but now she says honey i thought you said it was sarah when you first came in oh yes'm i did sarah mary williams sarah's my first name some calls me sarah some calls me mary oh that's the way of it yes'm i was feeling better then but i wished i was out of there anyway i couldn't look up yet well the woman fell to talking about how hard times was and how poor they had to live and how the rats was free as if they owned the place and so forth and so on and then i got easy again she was right about the rats you'd see one stick his nose out of a hole in the corner every little while she said she had to have things handy to throw at them when she was alone or they wouldn't give her no peace she showed me a bar of lead twisted up into a knot and said she was a good shot with it generally but she'd wrenched her arm a day or two ago and didn't know whether she could throw true now but she watched for a chance and directly banged away at a rat but she missed him wide and said ouch it hurt her arm so then she told me to try for the next one i wanted to be getting away before the old man got back but of course i didn't let on i got the thing and the first rat that showed his nose i let drive and if he'd a stayed where he was he'd a been a tolerable sick rat she said that was first-rate and she reckoned i would have the next one she went and got the lump of lead and fetched it back and brought along a hank of yarn which she wanted me to help her with i held up my two hands and she put the hank over them and she went on talking about her and her husband's matters but she broke off to say keep your eye on the rats you better have the lead in your lap handy so she dropped the lump into my lap just at that moment and i clapped my legs together on it and she went on talking but only about a minute then she took off the hank and looked me straight in the face and very pleasant and says come now what's your real name Wha what mum what's your real name is it bill or tom or bob or what is it i reckon i shook like a leaf and i didn't know hardly what to do but i says please to don't poke fun at a poor girl like me mum if i'm in the way here i'll no you won't set down and stay where you are i ain't goin' to hurt you and i ain't going to tell on you nother you just tell me your secret and trust me i'll keep it and what's more i'll help you so my old man if you want him to you see you're a runaway prentice that's all it ain't anything there ain't no harm in it you've been treated bad and you made up your mind to cut bless you child i wouldn't tell on you tell me all about it now that's a good boy so i said it wouldn't be no use to try to play it any longer and i would just make a clean breast and tell her everything 
but she mustn't go back on her promise then i told her my father and mother was dead and the law had bound me out to a mean old farmer in the country thirty mile back from the river and he treated me so bad i couldn't stand it no longer he went away to be gone a couple of days and so i took my chance and stole some of his daughter's old clothes and cleared out and i had been three nights coming the thirty miles i travelled nights and hid daytimes and slept and the bag of bread and meat i carried from home lasted me all the way and i had a plenty i said i believed my uncle abner moore would take care of me so that was why i struck out for this town of goshen goshen child this ain't goshen this is st petersburg goshen's ten mile further up the river who told you this was goshen why a man i met at daybreak this morning just as i was going to turn into the woods for my regular sleep he told me when the roads forked i must take the right hand and five mile would fetch me to goshen he was drunk i reckon he told you just exactly wrong well he did act like he was drunk but it ain't no matter now i got to be moving along i'll fetch goshen before daylight hold on a minute i'll put you up a snack to eat you might want it so she put me up a snack and says say when a cow's laying down which end of her gets up first answer up prompt now don't stop to study over it which end gets up first the hind end mum well then a horse the forward end mum which side of a tree does the moss grow on north side if fifteen cows is browsing on a hillside how many of them eats with their heads pointed the same direction the whole fifteen mum well i reckon you have lived in the country i thought maybe you was trying to hocus me again what's your real name now george peters mum well try to remember it george don't forget and tell me it's alexander before you go and then get out by saying it's george alexander when i catch you and don't go about women in that old calico you do a girl tolerable poor but you might fool men maybe bless you child when you set out to thread a needle don't hold the thread still and fetch the needle up to it hold the needle still and poke the thread at it that's the way a woman most always does but a man always does the other way and when you throw at a rat or anything hitch yourself up a tiptoe and fetch your hand up over your head as awkward as you can and miss your rat about six or seven foot throw stiff-armed from the shoulder like there was a pivot there for it to turn on like a girl not from the wrist and elbow with your arm out to one side like a boy and mind you when a girl tries to catch anything in her lap she throws her knees apart she don't clap them together the way you did when you catched the lump of lead why i spotted you for a boy when you was threading the needle and i contrived the other things just to make certain now trot along to your uncle sarah mary williams george alexander peters and if you get into trouble you send word to mrs judith loftus which is me and i'll do what i can to get you out of it 
keep the river road all the way and next time you tramp take shoes and socks with you the river road's a rocky one and your feet'll be in a condition when you get to goshen i reckon i went up the bank about fifty yards and then i doubled on my tracks and slipped back to where my canoe was a good piece below the house i jumped in and was off in a hurry i went upstream far enough to make the head of the island and then started across i took off the sunbonnet for i didn't want no blinders on then when i was about the middle i heard the clock begin to strike so i stops and listens the sound come faint over the water but clear eleven when i struck the head of the island i never waited to blow though i was most winded and i shoved right into the timber where my old camp used to be and started a good fire there on a high and dry spot then i jumped in the canoe and dug out for our place a mile and a half below as hard as i could go i landed and slopped through the timber and up the ridge and into the cavern there jim laid sound asleep on the ground i roused him out and says get up and hump yourself jim there ain't a minute to lose they're after us jim never asked no questions he never said a word but the way he worked for the next half an hour showed about how he was scared by that time everything we had in the world was on our raft and she was ready to be shoved out from the willow cove where she was hid we put out the campfire at the cavern the first thing and didn't show a candle outside after that i took the canoe out from the shore a little piece and took a look but if there was a boat around i couldn't see it for stars and shadows ain't good to see by then we got out the raft and slipped along down in the shade past the foot of the island dead still never saying a word End of chapter 11